Thank you. Oh, good. It's on. Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> it's always great to be here. And, and I want to say hi to some of my friends. Thank you, Amanda and Greg, and Joy and Alexis and Mike, Carrie and Wade. All of you are. But thank you. Thank you guys for coming out. It's good to see you. Um, I want to pray, and then I'm going to get started. So thank you, God. Thank you for this glorious day. This is the day that you have made. And so we'll rejoice and be glad in it. And God, thank you. Thank you for each of your children, those who are here, and even those who are um, watching via Zoom, um, and even those who couldn't be here. And God, we just pray that you, that you anoint all of our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, that you touch and anoint our hearts that we can understand the message that you have for us today. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, would you be my mouthpiece? Would you release and deliver the words from the heart of God and administer those words to each of us? Would you hide me in you and just let it be you, Holy Spirit? Thank you for your spirit of wisdom and counsel, your spirit of might and understanding, your spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Thank you for your presence, most of all. And so I just pray that even as, even as you're using my mouth as a, as a vessel, as a mouthpiece to speak, that you are, that you're revealing truth to each heart the truth from God's heart. And so we just pray these things and we thank you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thank you all for being here. Um, I'm excited. I, I actually, so I love you guys gathering place and Nancy and Byron. Uh, I'll miss them today. <laughs> um, and Jonathan, but I, so the gathering place is just a really it's actually, I'd say, I call it the best, one of the best kept secrets <laughs> in Libertyville um, because it's just a fiery church that I know is truly Holy Spirit led and in good leadership. And so I, so I thank you guys for welcoming me here. Um, today, I, I asked Holy Spirit, what, what do you want to say today? What do, you want, what do you want to say today? And this is what Holy Spirit said. So this is what I'm going to talk about. Have you guys wondered what's going on? Has anybody said, what's going on out there? Or, what's going on in here? Or maybe both, right? <laughs> um, spiritual warfare, this title is the spiritual warfare, the battle ensues and that's the first part, so I'll be just talking about some, some of the battle. 
but also good news. Uh, one of my professors used to say, don't admire the problem. We're not going to just admire the problem. We're going to go to also some solution about what God's saying that we are to do, that what God's saying. And it's really, it's always awesome because the Holy Spirit set it right up. <laughs> he set it right up. He set everything up and everything that all the, all the testimonies and, and Joy's dream and what John shared and the song, all of it really um, was a setup for what he said to do. So, so that's always great. So um, what's going on out there? Well, I'm going to start with saying there's a clashing, right? There's a clashing of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. What's, what does clash? What, is, what does clash mean? Clashing is where there's two sides that are opposing each other because there's, they're competing, right? They have different, there's different values, different goals, and there's two sides. The kingdom of light is clashing with the kingdom of darkness. There is an invasion of the city of God, and the city of God is invading the earth. And as 1 John says, the Darkness is fading, and the true light is already appearing. But in order for the true light to shine, sometimes, sometimes chaos happens first, right? Sometimes chaos happens first. So we know that when in, in Genesis, in the beginning, right, when God, showed, God said, right, when he showed up, there, were, there was chaos, there was chaos on the earth. There was darkness. There was water mixed with land. There was chaos. And God spoke to it and said, be light. In order, before it order came, there was some chaos first. And sometimes in order for good to be created and reconciled, evil has to be reconciled. So there is, there is a clashing going on. I actually experienced in, uh, earlier this year, I, I experienced that. I experienced a clashing um, of heaven to earth. See, it was about, I think it was January, the end of January, beginning of February, where I was actually on my way en route to my office. Um, and on my way there, there was a clash. All of a sudden, I'm driving, I'm, I'm just, you know, and I don't even see it. And all of a sudden, a clash, a car clashes into my, the right side. And then, in that moment, I knew there had been a clash, that I had been hit, right? But then I went from there and immediately lost control and saw myself I was observing this. I was very aware that I was not in control. In this very moment, I was not in control, and I was heading towards a truck, a truck much bigger than mine. And I was heading towards this truck, and I knew I was going to hit this truck, 
And I also knew that I wasn't in control. I knew a collision, another collision was about to happen. Yet, in that moment, in that moment, as I was, I had already been knocked off, off of the path that I thought I was on, <laughs> the path that I was on. I had already been knocked off of that path, and here I was. And, and then there were also some utility, utility pole and poles right there in the corner, and I was heading towards that direction, but also heading towards a truck. And, and I was very aware of the presence of God. I was very aware and very connected to his peace and knew that there was, that it was almost as if I wasn't there, but I was observing. And so then the next collision happens. Yep, I hit the truck, this big truck, because I was now in his lane. And then my car swerves and goes into a ditch turns around by the grace of God. And so then I'm sitting in my vehicle, and the windows on the sides are caved. The, the passenger's door is, is caved in. The windows are, there's glass in my vehicle. And I'm sitting there really kind of in shock at first and in a little bit of awe that, like, what just happened, but then also in all because I knew I wasn't hurt. I knew that the grace of God protected me. I knew that I went through the valley of the shadow of death, but there was no harm. I knew that there was then, so then people were coming, oh, you okay, or is everything okay? And they checked on me and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Do you need to go to the hospital? No. I know I don't need to go to the hospital. Well, well at least let us come check you out. So I went on the, the ambulance um, and let them check me out. And they checked my blood pressure first and checked my vitals. And uh, my blood pressure was, what, like 121 over 79? <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty perfect right after the accident. So I knew, right? that that was the grace of God. Um, but there was a clashing. There was a collision. And I, that following week, I knew that I was launching something that Holy Spirit had taught. It was, and, it's, and it was something that came from God, right? And so I knew that there was, what is the clashing? The clashing is opposition sometimes, right? There's sometimes opposition when, when light, when heaven is coming in and colliding, there is sometimes opposition. We're going to um, go, and, and so I'm going to talk about that, but there's, there's the, the clashing is also, because there's several things I believe the clashing is about. So it's the, it's the collision of heaven and light and darkness, but it's also, this clashing is also, it's about God protecting his bride. Right? It's about God preparing us, calling us. 
as his bride to be ready, right? As we've heard, we heard the song is Joy's Dream, right? Joy shared her dream. And, and I, I mentioned this to Joy. I believe that dream was about the bride, the church, right? The church being ready. God wants us. And as John mentioned in, regard, in regards to the Bible, right, we, nobody else can prepare us. Nobody else, the oil represents Holy Spirit and the, the, the different, the brides didn't have, the brides that didn't have enough oil, that's the relationship with Holy Spirit. Nobody else can have my relationship with Holy Spirit. Nobody else can be that for me. I have to do that. The bride has to do that. It's also, the collision is also about ourselves, right? There's, there's out there, but there's also in here, right? There's also in here. I have to, the in here, you know, in Revelation, which we're going to go there, Revelation actually talks about, right, the four horsemen. But the, the horse, the, the horse that Jesus Christ is on, see, there's the four horsemen that are opposing the way of the Lamb the way of Jesus Christ. They're opposing the light. They're opposing, see, he, his kingdom is come. We're calling on, we're saying, that's, that's revival, right? It's God's kingdom come. Kingdom come. Well, he's riding the horse to help us to overcome everything that hinders my life, that hinders my relationship with him. That's what his horse. So it starts. See, revival, we often talk about revival, and I think we think of this big, you know, this big, massive group. That, and not that that can't happen, but it starts. There's no revival out there without revival in here. It starts with my heart. It starts with your heart. It starts with your heart. It starts with our individual, each of our hearts. It starts, revival starts there. Then it spreads, right? So in um, Revelation um, 1, I'm going to go to Revelation 1, and because I want to talk about um, tr this spiritual warfare, some of the components of it, and then, and then, uh, what that is, and then how to overcome it. So John, uh, when John is actually, so first, Revelation 1, it happens, John has a vision. He has a vision, uh, and while he's on an island of Patmos, and he's there on that island because he's been exiled, because he refuses to worship the government there that they're calling them up to, to worship. So he's on an island. He's in his 80s. He's in his 80s, and he's on this island. And, and basically, John has revival. Because what he does, it says while he's there, while he's on that island, so he says, when I turned, well, before we get there, he says, I, John, am your brother and companion in tribulation. 
the kingdom and the patience that are found in Jesus. This is, this is Revelation 1, verse 9. I was exiled on the island of Patmos because of the ministry of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So he was there because he was in exile, right? Because he wasn't worshiped. I was in the spirit realm on the, on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice, something like a trumpet saying to me, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. When I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands. And walking among the lampstands, I saw someone like a son of man, wearing a full-length robe with a golden sash over his chest. Now, first I want to point out, John says, I'm John, I, John, am your brother and companion in tribulation. That word tribulation refers back to the Greek word, thlipsis. Thlipsis. You guys hear that word every day, right? <laughs> I, not me, I don't hear that word every day. But actually, that, it's the pressure. Thlipsis is the pressure that we experience as the kingdom of God comes. That's what that word, that's Greek word. It's not just regular, you know, everyday pressure. It's the pressure as, as we are living in the kingdom of God and opposing the ways of the world. It's that kind of pressure in opposition to the ways of the world. It's, it's what comes as we, as the world opposes God's ways. And there's this clashing, right? There's, there's, a, there's this flipsis. Now, in Revelation 2, and, and this is another, Revelation verse 2, this is another time when, because sometimes, Sometimes the pressure that comes, it's not always, sometimes there's a tendency to say, am I doing something wrong? Why is there this pressure, right? Whether it's, it's pressure with pressure in relationship. It can be pressure, right? Pressure can be in the mind. Pressure can be internal, it can be external. Pressure can be out there. But whatever kind of pressure it is, sometimes the tendency can be, is it something I'm doing? And one of the things that, that God wants us to know is that it's not, it's not always because of that. Like many times, especially Flipsis, it's because there's something that we're opposing. It's something that we're, when we're living for him, especially in these times, there will be pressure at times. Okay, so the letter to Smyrna, he said this. He said, Smyrna was the only church that he wrote the, that the letters, that the angels wrote the letter to, that there was no complaint. There was no complaint. There was nothing that they were doing wrong. As a matter of fact, they were experiencing this pressure because they were opposing the ways of the world. It says, I'm aware, this is his letter, I'm aware of all the painful difficulties you've passed through and your financial hardships. 
even though in fact you possess rich treasure. See, from the kingdom perspective, rich treasure is far more than financial wealth. This church um, didn't have a lot of tangible wealth, but they had a lot of heart. And I'm fully aware of the slander that has come against you from, from those who claim to be Jews, but are really not. For they are a satanic congregation. And here's what he says. Here's one of the instructions. He says, do not yield to fear in the face of the suffering to come. But be aware of this. The devil is about to have some of you thrown into prison to test your faith. For 10 days, you'll have distress. But remain faithful to the day you die, and I will give you the victor's crown of life. And then he says this pretty much at the end of each of, the, each of these letters. And this is, and this is one of the, this is a hint. This is one of the things that, um, instructions. But he says, the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is presently saying to all the churches. So the church of Smyrna, the church of Smyrna, he, he warned them. He didn't say, I'm going to save you. He doesn't always save us. He said, it's to test, right? He, but he said to them, he said, but it will be for a limited time. Ten actually is the number of human completion, right? Five, ten fingers, ten, ten toes. There's, there's, it'll be for a time, for a period. But do, don't fear. Remain faithful. Now, remain faithful. Do not fear. So we'll, we'll go to the next one. So the next one, the next reason, right, the next reason that, that we remain faithful and that we, don't, that we don't fear. And the next reason why that we have this clashing, we have this clashing, right, with heaven and earth. Is because of comfort. So, church, the church of Sardis, the church of Sardis actually was comfortable. And it appeared that they were alive to the people. Right, the people around it looked like this church was alive, but really this church was placed on the mountain. They were, up there, they were located on a mountain, and they had not been invaded by, by um, outside enemies. They had not been invaded with military. But two times they got really comfortable. They got complacent. And somebody came in, climbed up the wall from the inside, and attacked them from the inside. And so Sardis is the lesson, don't get comfortable. Sometimes the evasion can come from within when there's complacency and comfort. <coughs> complacency and comfort can cause us to go to sleep. 
So, so what's the battle? What are the different ways that the battle happens? Because I'm going to get to the want to get to the ways that he tells us to do. Number one, the battle happens. It happens why? Because there's opposition. Because there is investment from darkness in keeping things status quo. There's investment. See, there's opposition, not so much to us, but to Jesus and to his ways. But see, Jesus already won. Jesus was already victorious. The resurrection already happened. But now, what the enemy wants to do is go after what's important to Jesus. And that's the church, the bride, and the purposes and plans of the bride. And so we've been called to rise up and to do these things that he's calling us to do. He says, this, so this is how, this, these are the things that he's telling us to do. Number one, he says, look. John had this vision. He says, look. Look. Stay, look at him. Keep our eyes on what he's doing. The reason why John had this vision in the midst of intense trial, he was looking. He was looking at God. He was looking, he was looking in the spirit. It says he turned in the spirit, and then he saw. He heard, and then he saw. Number one, God says, look. Look at, let's gaze at him. Look at what he's doing. Talk about what he's doing, not about what darkness is doing. We take our eyes off of, off of the other, the opposing side, and keep our eyes on him. He says, look. Look. Look at what I'm doing. Number two. So the number one, look. Keep our eyes focused on him, gazing at him. Number two, the number two thing he says when he, in all the letters, in each of the letters, and particularly to Sardis, he says, wake up. And that word, wake up, it's wake up and keep waking up. Keep being alert. And that's wake up. That's wake up our spiritual senses. Wake up. It's, it's saying, it's yielding our spiritual senses. And, I, and I'm going to actually pray this right now, that we would yield, that we would wake up. See, because the thing that causes us to look at what we see in the natural and to focus on that is having sleepy spiritual senses. It's having spiritual senses that, have, that are sleeping. That's, that's, that's us being asleep. Having, see, Adam and Eve's spiritual senses were awake before they ate from the tree of knowledge of, of, of the knowledge of good and evil. And then, and then their natural senses woke up and spiritual senses went to sleep. So we have to be intentional about saying, Holy Spirit, will you wake up? Will you wake up my spiritual senses? Will you wake up my eyes so that I can see and believe more, more in the spiritual realm then I, then I believe and see this natural realm. Will you wake up my ears so that I can hear, that I can, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Will you wake up my ears so that I can hear more 
of what you're saying that I hear the opposing. So when I hear the, the opposing side telling me that I'm defeated, that I can say, get behind me. I'm more than an overcomer. That when I hear the, the opposing side saying, it's so bad out there, I could say, the, tr the, the darkness is fading, the true light is appearing. That when I hear the, the opposing side saying, that person is a loser, I can say, they're a son or daughter of God. Or when I hear the opposing side saying, there's never going to be unity, I can say, there's unity in God's, in God's family. That we can look at, that we can hear, that, w that when I'm trying to understand something from my perspective, when he says, lean not on your own understanding, Holy Spirit, would you wake up our hearts and wake up my heart to believe and understand from your perspective? And would you wake up our senses to taste and see your goodness? So it's waking up. Who wants to wake up? Who wants to wake up your senses more? Okay, a few of you. Good. So we'll have revival then. <laughs> uh, and we'll, don't worry, we'll invite you. Um, so wake up is, is the second one, to wake up. Then the third thing that he said is remember. Remember what you received. Remember what we received. Remember, actually, who we received. Who have we received? When Paul went to visit um, the, in Acts, he went to visit the church, and they had, he knew there wasn't this, there, there wasn't the vibrance that there should be. That He said, when you, when you were saved, did you receive the baptism? Did you receive? Who did you receive? We received Remember, remember receiving Holy Spirit. Remember, remember our relationship with Holy Spirit. Also, he told the church of Ephesus, my complaint is that you've lost me as your first love. Remember that he is our first love. He's saying, remember me as Remember him as our first love. That's how everything else is vibrant. I noticed, I noticed recently that I wasn't as, I wasn't reading the word as, with the zeal and vibrance. So I said, okay, that was a remembering. Remem I want to saturate. He said, saturate. Reminded me about saturating myself in his word. And so he was inviting them in the Ephesus, return to me as your first love. Let's remember him as our first love. There's no revival without remembering him as our first love. So we can ask, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to remember Jesus, my first love. Help me to put him first. Help me to, to give me the zeal. We can ask for zeal. I, I've done that for, for his word. Zeal for him.
So remember. Then the fourth one is after we remember. So after we look, right, after we look at the, the truth, right? The truth is what lasts forever. It's not so much what we could see, but it's what sometimes, right, faith is a substance of, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And the things that we don't see that, are, that have been established in heaven are still true, whether we see them or not. And so look, he says, look, right? He said, wake up. He says, remember. And then he says, keep doing it. Keep, keep at it. Keep, keep doing what he's called us to do. Okay, keep doing what he's called us to do. So the things that, the things that he's called us to do, and that's each, keep being filled. Keep being filled every day. Keep being filled with him, right? It's not just a one-time thing. It's not, oh, I did that. Yep, I did that in 1989. I'm good. <laughs> I did it that one day, remember? I, I told you about that. No, he says keep. Because he says, just like there are new mercies every day, there's new fillings. Every day, there's something new and something good every day. But we have to, you know, we don't, we don't just eat natural food once, right? No, or, or a couple times a year. No, just like we keep, he says, keep filling. If we, if we look at it like that, like this is the appetite. This is the real appetite. This is the real food. Keep filling. Keep filling with the good stuff, right? And, and then he says, and repent. Right? He'd say, he would call them, he'd, say, he'd give the complaint, and then he'd say, repent. Now, what does repent mean? What does repent mean? It actually comes from a, um, a Greek word, metanoia, and it actually means to take on a new mind. And actually, what new mind would that be? To take on the mind of Christ. So whatever it is and whatever areas that we're, we're noticing that we were turned in a direction that, that he wouldn't have us turn, we say, Let me take on your mind, the mind of Christ. I choose to take on the mind of Christ regarding this relationship. I choose to take on the mind of Christ regarding my emotions. I choose to take on the mind of Christ regarding my words and my responses. I choose to take on the mind of Christ regarding my finances. I choose to take on the mind of Christ regarding my children. I choose to take on the mind of Christ regarding my spouse, right? We, let's take on the mind of Christ for every area of our lives. Let this mind, he tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, the mind, he says, let this mind be in you, the mind of Christ. And so we repent. Repent is not about, it can include some tears, but you can have tears 
and not repent. We can have and not change our mind. Both are fine. But repentance is more about changing our mind and letting us letting it be letting us have take on the his mind of Christ, right? And then he says to the final is to the final thing is to after we've done all these things and then we keep at the things so we renew the things that are good that we know in place. So we acknowledge the things that are good that are in place, right? Some some places, some church bodies, communities have a lot of form. A lot and that's there's that's not bad in of itself, but the form without without the spirit wouldn't be good enough. And the spirit without the form either. We need them both. But he says, so look at what's in place. Look at what's in place that that's good and refine it and make it better. Because the other thing that the clashing is about is just releasing everything, releasing everything that's not, that's getting in the way of, of our relationship with him. All the extra baggage in the church, the stuff that we don't need in our personal relationship, the stuff that comes between us trusting him. It's releasing that. That's the other thing. Uh, over the, the past several years, you know, with the seasons, the seasons that we've gone through of COVID and of all the different, really, you know, what's happened is there's been stuff, there's, there's been excess that's been released. And that's God's, that's part of God's design. And I'm not, so it's, there's, and I'm talking about attitudes and mindsets and just, there's been a testing. What do you really believe? Who do you really believe? Where is faith really? You know, there's a thing called practical atheism, and that is, I say one thing, but I act another. But what do you really believe? What do we, we all have to answer that. What do we really believe? And so all of these, these, these things, right, this is, this is revival. When we each do that, when we each look at him, when I say, I'm looking at you, Jesus, when I look at him, I, yep, yep, this is, and this, this discouraging report from the doctor is in front of me. I'm looking at you, Jesus. I'm looking at you, Jesus. I'm, I'm listening to you, Jesus. This discouraging report, this discouraging behavior about one of my children in front of me, uh, I'm looking to you, Jesus. I'm listening to you. Well, it looks like finances are running out. I'm looking to you, Jesus. I'm listening to you. These emotions, intense, the fear. You know, there's a lot of spiritual 
there's a lot of spiritual activity going on. So there might be, you might be feeling more intense things. So these emotions, these, Holy Spirit, would you be in my emotions? Your emotions are, are, your emotions are the fruit of the Spirit. Your love, your peace, your kindness, your joy, your goodness, your faithfulness, your patience, your self-control. Would you be my emotions? because he's in you. He's in us. So I want to be hospitable for you, Holy Spirit. You be my emotion. So whatever it is, and that's the repentance, whatever it is, looking at him, right? Listening to him. Right? Remembering him. Right? Remembering what he said. Returning to those, those ways. Right? Repenting. Whatever it is, whatever we're facing, we go through those things. And we welcome him. So we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna go through we're, and remembering too, remembering that it's natural. There's some spiritual warfare is natural. We're normalizing it. It's a clashing. So the worst thing we can do is get afraid. Oh no! Why is this happening? But the best thing we can do is know it's okay. We've already won. <laughs> We're on the winning side. We can go to the game and we can go with peace and joy and go, <laughs> I'm coming for the experience, but I know who wins. And we can cheer them on. And we can cheer one another on. Because we know that we are victorious. And while we're cheering on, we can continue to look. We can continue to look at him. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a prayer. And so if everybody would just um, and uh, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you have, you have already won the battle. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to be victorious for us. And so we thank you. And you strategically placed us here to, to agree with you in every way with our senses, to agree with you with our seeing, to agree with you with our hearing, with our understanding, with our words, to agree with everything that you say and that you have said. We thank you. We thank you, God, that you gave us even the Holy Spirit to empower us 
to overcome the things that may come before us. And so we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Rema and Lagos word. We thank you for your words. We thank you that we can know, that we can be confident and assured in knowing that we have not been defeated. That we can remember you as first love, as our first love, that we can continue to agree with you, that we can return to the things that have worked and that you would fill us with your mind. And so we say yes. Yes. Fill us up as you strengthen what remains. Wake us up. Help us to see you, Holy Spirit. Help us to see God's plan. Help us to wake up and to strengthen what remains, to keep it and to repent. And reveal to us, reveal to us what you'd like to do. Reveal to us, each of us personally. Thank you for your ministry, Holy Spirit. So we're just going to take a minute, just, just, just sit and just, we're just asking him, Holy Spirit, would you reveal the areas that you want to wake up in my heart? Would you reveal what you want me to look at? you and so we just pray God that you would just seal this that you would that you would take every word that was from you and that you would seal it you would take it to the throne and that you would take every heart every heart that's come into agreement God with you with your word every desire you see him and you would seal it with the blood of Jesus that you would repair and restore our vision 
where it's been lost, that you would awaken our spiritual senses, preparing us for that revival, that you would fill us with the oil, the oil of Holy Spirit, that you would strengthen what remains, that you would help us to remember. Remember you as our first love. That you would help us to keep it, to keep filling up, to keep filling up, to keep hungry, and to continue to return, to re, to turn towards you. And so we pray this all, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.